0: Learn all about investing in real estate in Tampa, Florida, with a combination of real estate financial planning and modeling with numbers specific to Tampa. Plus, syndicated, more generalized recordings of live and pre recorded real estate investing classes, not all of them specific to Tampa. Be sure to stay tuned after the podcast for a message from our sponsors. The following is part three of six parts. Of the class Overcoming Obstacles for Real Estate Investors. Be sure to check out other parts published as separate episodes. Okay, now we're gonna cover overcoming negative cash flow. So here's the challenge you're in a market where buying a property with a reasonable down payment gives you negative cash flow, or it's really close, or when you have property management, it's negative, uh, or it's when you have property management and you're putting stuff aside for maintenance and vacancy like you're supposed to do, it's negative. Or, you know, something like that. Or maybe you're putting less than a full down payment down. You're buying something with Nomad. You're putting 5% down or something. And in your marketplace, you know, it would, it would be positive cash flow with 20% down or 25% down, but not with Nomad, which was true for our marketplace for a long time. Now it's really hard to make in cash flow even with 20%, 25% in some cases. So the challenge is you have negative cash flow. How do you solve the, the issue of negative cash flow? So cash flow equals income minus expenses. So just like we did with down payment, we're now gonna talk about two approaches to solve this particular challenge. We're gonna look at different ways to reduce expenses, and we're gonna look at ways to increase the income on properties, okay? So uh, for my brokerage business, I was a real estate broker, I still have a license, but I'm not really doing a lot of stuff. Uh, for my brokerage business, I created two new trademarked terms. so You guys can't go and steal these. But two new trademark terms I used, I had a lowest monthly payment guarantee, and I had a maximum cash flow guarantee. And so these were two strategies I used when I was going and talking to clients. I would, I would have this, this massive list, which you'll see here in a second, on how to make sure that they had the absolute lowest monthly payment when they bought a house. And then we'd have a separate checklist for how to make sure they had the maximum uh, cash flow on a property when they did that. And, so, and I would offer them a guarantee on it. So there's some type of guarantee. I'm not going to talk about the details because I don't have time. But those are the two things I did. So the, what I'm going to cover tonight is based on those two ideas. Now, super important note. Not all of these can be used. And in fact, some directly contradict each other. So one might say you're going to you know, charge yearly for a rent or you're going to charge monthly for a rent or you're going to do something else. So they're like opposite ends of the spectrum or something. Uh, some are extremely rare and uncommon. Uh, I, I'm just sort of including it to be comprehensive. Uh, and you can use what you can to optimize for your unique situation. So pick and choose what works for you. Ignore the rest. This is sort of just sort of a checklist for you to go down and do it. In fact, I have a... A checklist. I think it's called. I think it's called something. How to improve your cash flow checklist or something like that. I don't know. Someone will remember it. I'll put the links to uh, downloads in the show notes for people. Okay, so let's talk about reducing expenses. Here's part one. This is pretty comprehensive. It's pretty big list. So I'm just going to ask you the questions. So you think about them. So, can I put more down to reduce the amount I'm borrowing? You borrow less, your payment's going to be less. Can I put more down to improve your interest rate, lower loan to value? Little known fact, you put 20% down, you get one interest rate. You put 25% down, your interest rate gets better. It's a lot of times much better to put 25% than 20% down. Um, in some cases, if you're doing owner occupant, it's actually better if you're putting 5%, but I digress. Next question. Can I pick a loan with lower closing costs, especially if I'm financing the closing costs? So try to pick a loan where your closing costs are cheaper, especially if you're kind of rolling those into the loan. Can I put more down to eliminate or reduce private mortgage insurance? PMI. Your private mortgage insurance is insurance that you pay so that should you have a foreclosure, should the property go back to the bank, it protects the lender from the losses they may have. So you're paying an insurance policy to protect the lender for them agreeing to loan you, uh, a, a more, loan you uh, more money to buy a property where you're putting less than 20% down. Uh, can I pay for private mortgage insurance in one? upfront lump sum payment instead of monthly. That'll save on your monthly costs. Improve your cash flow. Has my equity increased enough to request the removal of private mortgage insurance? So if your property value has gone up, you paid down the loan enough where you're now below 80% loan to value and your lender will remove PMI for you if you make a request. Can I change the loan term? Oh, I missed one. Can I get seller concessions from the seller to buy down interest rate and or cover closing costs? It's another way. Can I change the loan term to reduce my payments? You know, I heard at one point recently that they might be bringing back 40-year loans. Yep, so 40-year loans. So someone says that they're here now. So if you do that, you increase your loan term, you might actually have a lower monthly payment doing that. If you were considering doing a 15-year loan, you could do a 30-year loan, which is much more common. Can I get an interest-only loan where you're not paying any principal each month? That'll lower your payment pretty considerably. Can I get a negative amortizing loan? Not that I would recommend this, but you can get loans where you're not even covering the amount of interest that is accruing on the loan and that your mortgage balance is actually going up each month. So it's negative amortizing. The mortgage balance is going up instead of the mortgage balance going down, which is a regular amortizing loan. Can I change the loan term to reduce my interest rate? Sometimes if you go to a 15-year loan, the interest rate's better can I get an adjustable rate mortgage to lower my interest rate? And actually, um, Austin was gonna remind me, I think this is probably the appropriate time to say it, but uh, a lot of mortgage companies, mortgage brokers now are are recommending, just because of the nature of our market, some of these, uh, like a one year at one interest rate, the second year at a a different interest rate, and then by the third year, your interest rate is the normal one for the rest of the 28 year, uh, for a 30 year loan. And so this is a way to kind of improve your interest rate. But the question I had on here is, can I get an adjustable rate mortgage to lower my interest rate? And I sort of think that's somewhere between buying down the rates and doing a lower one. You know, I should probably put that on there. It's own separate one. Uh, Hopefully I'll remember to do that myself too. Uh, Maybe someone wants to email me if they don't see it on here. Uh, Can I get the seller to carry back some owner financing to lower my loan to value with the primary lender and reduce my interest rate? So maybe you can get the seller to carry back in second position where the lender is still willing to do the loan and that could get you an overall lower monthly payment. Can I improve my credit score to get a better interest rate? Can I set up automatic payments to get a better interest rate? I've heard some lenders will like to um, reward you by setting up automatic payments, especially if it's from their bank, and they might give you an eighth of a point uh, benefit to your interest rate if you do something like that. Can I get a better interest rate if I have additional accounts, more money deposited with the lender? Some lenders may do that. Can I lock or float down my interest rate? Um, You know, we talked about this, we talked about uh, the shocks and, uh, you know, my client going under contract before interest rates went way up. Well, if they had locked their interest rate, that would have actually improved their thing or flowed down the interest rate is where interest rates are headed down and you are able to get it lower if the interest rates drop by a certain amount between when you initially locked your rate and when you close. Can I add a family member or a friend to the loan to get a better interest rate? Maybe your credit score is such that if you had someone else as a co-signer, it would actually improve your interest rate. And then on the kind of counter side of that, can I remove a weak borrower to get an interest rate? So you and your uh, new spouse are in love and uh, they do not have a really good credit score, but you are committed to buying a house together. Well, it might be better for you to buy the house yourself and then add them to title Um, You know, go talk to an attorney and add them as an owner to the property, but they're not on the loan because it would actually hurt your interest rate to do so. Where was I here? Can I partner with someone to get better loan terms? So partner with a better uh, qualified person. Can I find another lender with better rates or fees? Have rates dropped enough for me to refinance and get a better rate? Is my loan old enough where I would be willing to refinance to extend the term? of the loan. So maybe you were, you got 20 years left on it. Maybe you refinance it. And now you go back to a 30 year term and maybe also get a better interest rate to lower your monthly payment. So those are the strategies uh, with your lender strategies. If you own another property, can I do a cash out refinance on another property to then buy or refi this property? So you got a lot of equity somewhere else. You pull money out of that one. You use it to put 25% down and maybe instead of 20% down to get a better interest rate on the one you're buying. Does it make sense to cash out refi another property to put a larger amount down on this property? I think that's what I just said. Should I do a rate and term refinance in order to get an overall better monthly payment before financing this property? So maybe you're gonna go over the 10 loan limit or maybe you're gonna go over some other limit that the lender has where you go into a different pricing tier and you wanna go and refinance another property to improve cash flow on that before you go buy this one and kind of lock yourself in where you can't quite do it as easily after that. Any questions on this so far? Uh, Searching for homes, can I search for properties where the seller is willing to include seller concessions? Seller concessions is money that the seller is willing to provide to you when you go buy a property that you can use for closing costs, including buying down the interest rate in your loan to make it a better interest rate. Can I search for less expensive homes as another example? Making offers, can I offer less to reduce my purchase price? If you offer less and you're able to buy the property for less, you end up borrowing less, you end up paying less in monthly payment. Can I ask for seller concessions to buy down my interest rate? In some cases, it may be better for you to take the money and ask for seller concessions instead of a discount, because the amount you would save monthly payment-wise is better for you to have used that money to buy down your interest rate than to get a discount. Is the seller's loan assumable and has a better interest rate than I can get now? This is going to be true for a little while. We've got a whole bunch of really good low interest rate loans out there. This could be a strategy you might want to employ. Would the seller consider wrap financing, and would that be better terms than I can get now? So offer to do some creative financing with the seller, see if they're willing to do that. Can I buy the property subject to the existing financing, more appropriate, wrap financing, where you're able to do that? Can I buy the home on installment land contract, get better terms? Can I get private financing with better terms from family or friends? You know, maybe grandma wants to loan you money for 30 years at three, four, 5% because she's got it in a CD. Can I pay cash for closing costs to keep my monthly payment lower than if I finance them? And finally, on the making offers point, Can I buy properties that do not require rent ready or fix up costs and use that money as down payment, or to buy down interest rates instead? Any questions on this list? Is this helpful? Seeing all these, so instead of buying a property that needs paint and carpet and all that other stuff, and you know you're going to need ten thousand dollars after you close, use the ten thousand dollars to go buy a property that doesn't need that work and buy down your rate instead. Owning and managing property, can I correct incorrect information with the county assessor about the condition or the characteristics of my property to lower my property taxes? Can I contest property taxes when appropriate to keep my property taxes minimized? Can I vote appropriately for changes in taxes that affect property taxes? Can I manage the property myself and still keep up with the latest laws, best practices and compliance issues? Save on property management fees. Can I shop around to get high quality property manager with reasonable fees? Can I maintain my property to minimize time between tenants? Can I insist my property manager utilize best practices, marketing early, raising rents with each lease renewal, et cetera? Can I review my property management statements carefully for mistakes? Can I raise my property insurance deductible and take on more of the property insurance risk personally? It's a trade-off, right? Because when you have a claim, you're probably paying for that. But if you feel like you need cash flow now for certain reasons, you may want to do that. Can I add or remove people from my property insurance policy to improve the rate I'm getting? Property insurance is based on credit score partially. Can I evaluate the exact property insurance coverages to make sure that you have appropriate level of coverage? Maybe you're overinsured, maybe you're underinsured. Can I compare insurance rates to keep insurance premiums competitive? Can I make sure tenants and tenant buyers have renter's insurance? Can I get a discount paying for HOA insurance or other bills in advance? In some cases, you can get a discount by doing certain things in advance. Can I sign up for auto pay on utilities to avoid any per bill fees charged by utility providers? And can I use quality replacement maintenance materials to lower the overall cost of maintenance over time? Any questions on this one? Helpful stuff? Good. All right, so we just covered all the different ways to kind of reduce expenses. And we primarily focus a lot of stuff on mortgages because that's one of your largest percentage-wise expenses on a property. Now we're gonna talk about ways to increase income. So Maximum Maximize Income, part one of two. Can I subdivide my property into multiple units to increase rent? For example, rent upstairs or rent downstairs separately. Can I rent by the bed or by the bedroom? Can I rent parts separately like a garage or the community pool or RV parking or RV in the backyard as a vacation rental? Can I add some other type of income for the property? Can I add services, utilities like high-speed internet for an extra fee? Can I offer the property to a tenant buyer on a lease option, lease purchase, or agreement for deed to increase the income and reduce maintenance on the property? Can I charge pet rent? Can I charge fence rent, new carpet rent, or extra fee for something else the tenant desires I install? Can I tier rent by credit score and or security deposit? Can I I change the term of the rental agreement, either do daily rentals, Airbnb type stuff, weekly rentals versus monthly? Can I charge weekly or biweekly instead of monthly? Can I include done-for-you services like lawn care, snow removal, or house cleaning for an extra fee? Can I convert my property to a duplex, triplex, or fourplex or more? Can I get the property furnished to get more rent? Can I start marketing earlier and start at a higher, more aggressive rent to test market prices? You start 90 days in advance, you have plenty of time to test before the property's vacant. Can I charge a fee for auto pay or can I charge a fee for not being on auto pay? That's an example of two conflicting, contrary ideas that you can either do one or the other. Can't do both. Or maybe you can. Charge for you. Either way, whatever you want to do, there's a fee. I'm joking. Okay. Uh, Can I schedule my leases to end during peak rental seasons? That's kind of important, actually. Can I target more profitable rental niches like corporate rentals? Can I offer a discount for on-time or early rent instead of a late payment? Can I add solar panels and include electric and base rent? Can I bill back for HOA services and utilities like non-potable water? Can I get paying roommates for Nomad properties that you're living in? Can I require 60 to 90 days notice for outgoing tenants to not renew? So make sure you find out way early, gives you time to market the property, get everything done you need to do. Can I improve landscaping and curb appeal to get higher rent, paint, Add improved shutters, lawn care, mailbox, property address numbers, lighting, things like that in order to make sure that you're getting maximum rent. Can I make sure the property is appropriately prepared for showings, well-lit, smells good, repairs done, clean, neat? Am I maximizing exposure when marketing for tenants? Do I have professional-grade photos, 3D tour and video in marketing properties? And have I mastered the sales skills required for phone selling my property to tenants, tenant buyers, and in-person salesmanship to maximize what I can get for rentals and minimize vacancy. Did I miss any? Good list. This concludes part three of six of overcoming obstacles for real estate investors. Listen to the next episode, part four of six, on qualifying for loans. With home prices up, mortgage interest rates up, and rents up, but not quite enough to counteract the higher prices and interest rates, cash flow on rental properties in Tampa is harder than ever. Book a call with the Real Estate Financial Planner to apply our proprietary 88 strategies to improve cash flow on your rentals. See the show notes for a link to schedule your call and improve your cash flow today. If you're a real estate agent, lender, or professional in Tampa that wants to help our real estate investor listeners, consider reaching out to learn about collaboration opportunities with this podcast.